I was nervous throughout the whole time. I mean, they kept in contact with you via email. You know, you do some video interviews, you do some phone interviews, and they want to see what's in your fridge. They want to know your life. They want to see like who you live with. They just, just they want to know you before they bring you on a TV show. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Our co-host today is Vernon Foster from podparrot.net. Hey, Vernon. What's up, guys? Hey, man. I really appreciate you being on the show. I'm excited because today we get to speak with Francis B. And people in the grocery store call him that. He does actually have a last name, but (laughs) Francis Biondi is a 26-year-old professional golfer turned home cook and Fox's MasterChef Season 5 Top 15 finalist. He's also cooking up some awesome blog posts over at francisbcookin.com. That's C-O-O-K-I-N.com. Francis, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Jared. Thanks, Vernon. Always a pleasure. Awesome, man. So one of the questions we ask everybody that comes on the show is, what is the best concert that you have ever been to? Best concert? Man, I wasn't prepared for that one. <laughs> That's all right. It's, it's tough for me to answer directly. I have... Two really good concerts. I'll, I'll shoot those out. My first concert was probably one of the best. It was Metallica. And me and my, my really good friend, my best friend David Marin, um, and our metal band in high school that I was a lead vocalist in, we went to go see Godsmack and Metallica at the Tampa Bay Times Forum in Tampa. It was an awesome concert. Recently, I went to Napa. I was there for Bottle Rock, and that was just awesome being in Napa and drinking wine, listening to Weezer, and watching Outkast perform. All right, so we're going to go into blank versus blank. We'll give you a couple of options, and if you'd be willing to pick one and maybe a short reason why. Vernon, would you kick us off? Oh, for sure. Would you rather play golf or travel, Francis? Oh, man. I'd love to do both, but I guess travel. Travel, yeah. Of course, you could travel and play golf, so I I like the (laughs) ant. Just mash the two together. For sure, I would love to do both. What are some favorite courses that you've been fortunate to play? Um, I used to work over at Innisbrook Resort in Palm Harbor, Florida on the West Coast around the Tampa Bay area, and they host one of the PGA Tournament events every year. And being that I was an employee out there, I was, I was managing the Copperhead Golf Course, that's where they have the PGA Tournament. So I was able to play and practice on one of the top courses in the country. And that's probably one of the best courses I played at. When I, when I was traveling around in Europe for a summer with my parents, I was able to play a cool course just outside of Rome, super hilly. They had no golf carts because it was so steep to walk up and down. I had to carry the clubs on my back and pretty much almost fell down like a Roman <laughs> hill. That would have been ridiculous. But <laughs> All right. Let's go into the next blank versus blank. And you mentioned Europe, uh, so this kind of ties in. Which cuisine would you rather have this weekend, Filipino versus Italian? You know, this weekend, I've grown up eating pasta. You know, noodles are a big thing in both cultures. But um, this weekend, I'd rather go Filipino. I like to go Filipino. The sauces kind of bog me down. It's it's kind of hot outside. I've been doing a lot of like fresh Filipino, Southeast Asian style noodles and working on a lot of recipes on my blog, francisbcooking.com. And actually right now I'm having my uh, sous chef uh, slash roommate looking over uh, some of my noodle dishes I'm preparing right now for the blog. So yeah, really stoked. All right. So what is your Filipino dish of choice? Oh, Filipino dish of choice. It would have to be, oh man, I think I'd have to go with... Uh, really traditional uh, noodle dish is called pancit canton and pancit is just your basic filipino noodle dish but there's over 7000 islands in the philippines and every area of the philippines has their own way of cooking depending on their sauce base be it coconut milk or 
just using rice wine vinegar and soy sauce. I mean, they all have their own styles. It's very unique there. And the one I like is, is from the Cantonese province of China. A lot of those immigrants came over and they use like these thicker noodles in it. Got a lot of good seafood. And, and when I was over there last time, when I was 12 years old, that was the last time I was there, I could not stop eating the stuff. So I'm trying to make it myself. <laughs> I think all the listeners are hungry now. <laughs> all right. So let's go into finish this sentence. We're going to give you the beginning of a sentence. And then if you'd be willing to complete it, uh, go ahead, Vernon. If you ever become famous in the Philippines, then I would like to be host of my own MasterChef Philippines and come out with a cooking a knife brand. I don't know. That's just off the bat. <laughs> Francis slicing knives. There we go. That That's it. Francis B. Cutlery. <laughs> I like that. So, Francis, some of the listeners aren't going to know your mother is Filipino. And obviously, with MasterChef, you've had uh, greatly increased your visibility in the world. And so, I mean, is it safe to say that you are somewhat famous in the Philippines? I guess you could say that. Yeah, it's funny. Just when I got kicked off the show, I started seeing more and more followers on my Twitter, my social media handles. And a lot of them were coming from Southeast Asia and mainly the Philippines. And I'm wondering, like, do they even watch MasterChef US over there? I guess they do. It's on YouTube. But then I saw the Filipino, one of the main Filipino news networks has a American subsidiary in California, and they were covering me. And I saw it on YouTube, so I retweeted it on my page, and it was hilarious seeing like, all the people like, retweet it, like, yeah, we totally saw this three weeks ago. I can't believe you just saw it now. So I guess when I was sleeping, they were working and covering my stuff in the Philippines. And everyone's like, you should totally come out here. You would totally be a celebrity. You know, as soon as I stack up enough cash to make that plane flight over there, maybe I, I won't come back. Well, I think you should definitely consider looking into a tour over there for sure. All right. So uh, let's do finish this sentence again. The term eclectic nomad means? It means it pretty much sums up my cooking style. Nomad being I never feel comfortable in one place at a time. And much like that description, that's how I cook. I never feel comfortable just doing one thing. I don't want to be known for just one thing. Um, I have my fusion styles. I got that Asian Mediterranean fusion, but I surpassed that by picking up different cultures, different techniques, different spices, and just put it together. And maybe that's where the eclectic aspect comes from, too, because if you pick up a cookbook, you won't find the same recipes that they have in, in, on my blog. It's just so it's out of here. It's out of this world. We got another one for you, Francis. All right. Finish this sentence. When making egg rolls in a pressure test, it's important to <laughs> not mess up in front of Gordon Ramsay. that's for sure make sure that the fryer is up really high so that you don't have to uh, double fry it in a pan which is what i thought most americans want that double fried (laughs) aspect of those egg rolls why not yeah just don't mess up in front of ramsey wow he's all he's ominous (laughs) so when you were in the heat of that moment man what could you have done differently seriously i mean you mentioned the uh the fryer i mean what the thing is you know i guess it's being in the MasterChef kitchen, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. It's not a perfect controlled environment. And sometimes you get a portable fryer and sometimes the portable fryer doesn't work right. And in my case, it, it didn't fry all the way. It wasn't working at the right temperature that it was saying was. And when you only have an hour to do something and you're taking the first 20, 25 minutes prepping your sauce, prepping your fillings, you, you don't think like you don't have enough time thinking, okay, maybe maybe I should check the fryer with this dough. But then you have to make the dough. You're rolling the dough out. There's so many things that are going on that you just hope that the fryer is going to work like it should. And in my pressure test, it didn't. And I had to try to roll with it. And when Ramsey came over and said they look anemic, first thing I thought was, you know, man, when I do lumpias, when my mom does lumpias, when my grandma used to do them, they would just shallow fry them in a pan. So I put just a little bit enough to brown it and I thought it'd be enough. But, you know, obviously it wasn't what the judges were looking for that day. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I hope you don't mind the finish the sentence question there. Uh, we'll get the knife out of your back there. Okay. Uh, I'm over it. I've been rolling them every day. And I, you know, as soon as I got kicked off, I went to the nearest Dunkin' Donuts and had about two, three of those boxes of those munchkins. And I rolled up a bunch of egg rolls. And I think I redeemed myself now. I'm safe to say I can definitely put those recipes on my blog and not be called out for it. <laughs> so for anyone who's struggling with depression, you recommend Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts and egg rolls. You also made egg rolls for rappers, too. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Recently, my buddy's the same guy, uh, David Marin. Um, he's a head booking kind of productions guy over at Firestone Live, which is one of the biggest venues in downtown Orlando. And they have a lot of big acts coming in there from EDM to hip-hop shows. And Machine Gun Kelly, really big rapper, was over there. And I heard about it. I'm like, you know, listen, I'm just going to make a bunch of spring rolls and fry them up and take them over there and see if I can get in the green room and have them try one, have a picture with them. It'd be awesome. And that happened. It was cool. I, all you have to do is grease the bouncers a little bit. You give them a couple egg rolls, <laughs> get cash. They get 10 bucks, five bucks, just throw them some spring rolls at them. And they're like, yeah, all right, come on in. So I got up to the green room, got to hang out with him, some of his, his crew. And I mean, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. He loved it. I had a picture with him on my Instagram. I posted on my Twitter. So you guys got to check it out. Francis, I think you need to be making egg rolls for Oprah in that case. <laughs> Why not, right? Why not? I got a book idea. I hope she'd be one to, to support, too. That might be the best way to get her to support your book <laughs> is sending her egg rolls. Okay, so for those that don't know your background, you graduated from Florida State and you had a degree in international business and entrepreneurship. Do you feel that your education has prepared you for some of the experiences that you're dealing with now post-MasterChef? Definitely, definitely. I did a double degree in uh, international business and entrepreneurship, studied French, but that entrepreneurship major, that was an awesome time there at FSU because that's only the ins and outs of starting a business, running a business, starting a franchise, how to do your books correctly. I mean, it was it really building a business 101. And when I got out of college and when I went to try to make it many tours here and then eventually got onto a tour, I mean, I was always thinking in the back of my head, what kind of businesses do I want to start? So I started off doing a mini tour business too, which with a bunch of the guys that would come out to the tournaments, I'd start running my own. And then from there on, I'm still thinking, man, I want to do food. MasterChef came around and I'm like, this is the perfect platform to jump off. So everything that I learned in entrepreneurship has definitely prepared me now for what I'm doing. I mean, it's you yourself, you're building a brand. You guys know it too. It's hard work, but you really got to put the time in and marketing yourself out the right way, talking to the right people, making the right connections. I mean, it's, it's all a part of it. It's, it's moving along. That's awesome, man. Uh, and Francis B. Cooking, that's a great title for your blog. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I figured uh, people know me as Francis B. I was surprised that there were two Francis's on that show. I was surprised to even be on that show in the first place, but nonetheless, there were two Francis's. So I was hoping uh, I would be the last Francis standing, but it didn't work that way. But I guess there, there can only be one, to quote Highlander. And yeah, so Francis B. Cooking is the blog. It's funny. I'll go to Fresh Mart, go to Whole Foods. I'll even go to the Asian supermarket across the street from me. And people will say, hey, are you Francis B? Not just, are you Francis? Are you Francis B? As soon as they say Francis B, I know they don't know my last name, first of all. Secondly, they might not be able to pronounce it. Thirdly, they probably want to show. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's great. So I use that and uh, it's pretty catchy. Francis, some of the listeners may not be aware that you spent a lot of time practicing to become a pro golfer. Yeah. Are you still doing that? Are you still pursuing that? Yeah. So the reason why I stopped, I stopped doing that was because of an injury and that put me out for about eight months. And during those eight months, I got back in my home kitchen and started cooking and doing that. But now that I'm back, ever since I got back from the show, I've been practicing. I mean, that's still my passion. It's something that I used to do as my job. I was teaching golf. I was teaching kids. I was teaching tour guys. I was 
playing. I was in the industry. I just, I can't, when you know something so well, you can't just not do it anymore. So it's, it's something I do almost every day out here. I'm still practicing. You know, this MasterChef thing has definitely put a lot on my plate too, being able to try to start and grow a business with the cooking end of it. But ultimately, if I can get back on a tour, cooking might be the way to go. And I'd love to do something where I ultimately am able to travel and golf and cook at the same time and maybe build up to something like that. So I I definitely want to keep both those passions in line with my end goal. No, I have no doubt you will be doing that for sure. So, Francis, let's go back to the beginning of this whole MasterChef story because I think it's really interesting. Uh, you do have a very cool story of how you were actually discovered by casting executives for MasterChef. Would you be willing to share how that all came about? Sure. So I was uh, I picked up some more shifts at this uh, downtown restaurant in Orlando, Florida called The Rusty Spoon. Um, he- chef owner operated. Uh, her name's Kathleen Blake. Her husband, William Blake. They're amazing. Great family family-owned restaurant, and um, they do the whole support local, eat local movement, and they're definitely one of the big proponents of that in the area. And she's also a James Beard-nominated chef. So that's a huge recognition. So I got in that that restaurant and attracted by the whole concept of it, and I was picking up more shifts, and I sat these people down, and I saw that they had, they look like LA people. They sat them down, and they one of them goes, hey, you're cute. You got to look. Do you know how to cook food? Do you like cooking <laughs> at all? I was like, yeah, I, I love cooking. Thank you, by the way. And she said, well, listen, there's, I don't know if you heard about the show MasterChef, but they're doing a casting, you know, in the next couple of days. If you're free this weekend, you should come out and try out. I mean, who knows what could happen? So I was like, all right, let's, I have nothing to do that day. So I drove out there, looked like an American Idol audition process, like seven, 800 people in the room, you know, some people actually playing guitar to pass the time. And um, a couple hours later, I was down to one of the top four people that they wanted for my group. <laughs> addition you made a salad right can you tell us you know why you chose salad and described the process it seems like it'd be risky to go with salad yeah yeah so i mean i guess it must have been the best salad they've ever had because <laughs> you, know, you wouldn't think a salad would make it all the way through the process but um i figured if i'm gonna be sitting there for an hour and a half two hours waiting waiting and waiting and for them to taste my food. I don't want to serve them something that's supposed to be hot or like a sauce that's emulsified and it breaks or something like that. I don't want to do anything like that to show they might think I don't have any skill if, if you do that. So I figured I'd do something cold. So I did an endive frisee salad with a pumpkin seed vinaigrette, edamame and quinoa in there for some grains. I made a, a walnut brittle. I cracked that in there and I got some really good Maytag blue cheese on there too. The vinaigrettes like work perfectly. It had some structure. It was like kind of. It was around the fall time, so it was like a nice fall season salad. And they didn't have anything like that out there. I guess everyone else like they slow cooked some ribs. Someone did like a miso glazed salmon. I mean, I'm looking around like I see restaurant quality dishes. At the same time, you know, mine could be in a restaurant. It's just on the top part of your menu. So um, yeah, they liked it a lot. And from there on, you know, they I guess they like my personality. They like my food. And casting went on for months after that. But ultimately, uh, I guess they like that salad. <laughs> So you mentioned that the that it went on for months after that. What was that process like? Um, it was I was nervous throughout the whole time. I mean, they kept in contact with you via email. You know, you do some video interviews, you do some phone interviews, and they want to see what's in your fridge. They want to know your life. They want to see like who you live with. They could just just they want to know you before they bring you on a TV show and before you even meet like you know Gordon Ramsay and Joe Bastianich and Graham Elliott. They're not putting like some random person in front of them. They want to get to know them, make sure that, that they like you. And it was like two or three month process, and uh, it was grueling. I mean, you never knew if you were going to make it past that next step. And you know, 
it'd be like, okay, hey, next week, send us another video of, you know, the food and your city that you live in. So we were constantly doing something. And finally, they flew me out to LA. And that's the end of the story there. Yeah. Tell us about the moment that you found out that you were selected for the show. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't want to sound too confident, but at the same time, I was looking around the room. We were in this big conference room, right? So you had the top 100 people flown out to LA, stayed in a hotel. They do some more interviews with us, and then they, out of nowhere, we didn't know how many people they were going to cut down to. We didn't know if it was going to be a top 30, a top 50. We didn't know if you were all actually on the show, like the past seasons. So we brought in this conference room, and then they said, you know, we're taking the top 30, and we're calling out the names now. And everyone's looking around like, only 30? There's 100 of us here. They're cutting out 70 already? So they're going down the names, you know, Gavin, the first guy that was cut. Natasha, she was cut there too, the first episode. Then she goes, Francis. And then I'm looking around, I'm like, who is it me? And they said, Francis Leg. Francis L. Like, oh man, okay, so I guess I'm not on the show. And finally they called my name, one of the last names. And it was crazy. I mean, I kind of wing a lot of stuff, I guess. Like, I don't really, I'm a little bit of a procrastinator. Sometimes I don't prepare myself for these things. And like, when it just happened, I was like, I was shocked at the same time. Like, I didn't know what to think. It's like, oh, I kind of thought I would make it on the show for like somehow. And then another part of me said, no, there's too many good people here. A lot of people have great talent, awesome personalities. You're never going to make it. When I got on, I was like, all right, game on. It's game time. You got to start proving yourself to, to America that don't look like a kid who doesn't know how to cook. So My wife and I, we watch MasterChef. So when we first started watching this particular season yeah. and we first learned about you, we thought, dude, this guy is, is the real deal. He's got a good shot at this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, you definitely did an awesome job of bringing it. We know about the egg roll incident. That was unfortunate. But yeah, dude, I thought you carried yourself really well. So what was it like for you? to watch yourself on TV. I know it's pre-recorded. I'm imagining, uh, what, this is uh, several weeks or a couple months later. Yeah, it was a little surreal. I didn't know how they would edit us. I didn't know how they would make us out to be on TV. I mean, we all have different unique personalities, and some of us like really project ourselves and some of us don't. And I wanted to make sure they, wouldn't, they didn't make me seem like I was overly cocky or I wanted to be somewhat humble because that's kind of who I am. I'm kind of humble. I'm People see that, and they, I guess they, a lot of people around me kind of like respected me for that. Like, I wasn't too boisterous like some other people on the show, and I kind of got along with everyone too. And, and when I'm watching myself, it's like, okay, it's not bad. And it's pretty cool that, that you're on it. And, you know, I was, I was like, damn, they, they made me look good with that wardrobe selection. That's pretty sweet. So <laughs> <laughs> I brought a bunch of shows, a bunch of clothes out there, and the wardrobe stylist, Christine, she was awesome. She was like, nope, we want this. We want you to wear this. This is going to be your style, this is your brand. So be comfortable in this and wear it. And after being out there for so long, now my closet is starting to look like what I used to wear on MasterChef. <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad thing. No, 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 no. But it was a lot of fun watching me, especially during like that 500-person soldier outdoor food challenge, that first big team challenge. That was crazy. And it was really cool watching us take victory on that one that was awesome if you had to do anything over what would you do differently i probably would have practiced making my own uh spring roll dough a little bit more and donuts <laughs> whoever's listening out there if they want to get on master chef definitely prepare yourself i mean you don't want to look foolish on that show and it's easy to especially if you don't do it the way that the judges want you to do it you know I would have liked to prepare myself a little more. Honestly, I'm kind of proud of myself that I got that far. After being on the show, I'm looking around. I'm thinking, man, I should be able to get in the top five. I should be able to get somewhere. I, I mean, I, I could even possibly win this thing. But at the same time, you know, I, I cook a lot at home. I don't do a lot of desserts or baking. 
but I feel like maybe I could have prepared a little bit more, maybe taking some classes or doing a couple stage positions here and there, but I kind of winged it. And at the same time, thinking back at it, those dishes that I conceived out of nowhere, like, I don't know how I would have done it if I did, if I were really prepared, you know, maybe it's better I wasn't too prepared. And I kind of just went with myself and my gut feeling and my personality and, and what I was feeling at the moment, because like that meatloaf dish, that came out of nowhere. That wasn't anything I practiced in the past. The donuts never made that before. I mean, it's good to have some basis, some foundation a little bit, and especially in baking. They did a lot of baking challenges this season. I was curious about that. If you've never made that particular item before, do you have any kind of hope if you're, I mean, what, you completely have to wing it? Is that the way it works? Yeah, yeah. You really don't have any hope. <laughs> or kind of like maybe cheat off the person next to you, kind of watch what they're doing. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like, you really can't do much. You really have to have those recipes down. Yeah. Wow. So was there any way for you to prepare for that going into the sea? I mean, did you know, okay, there's... I guess there's no way to prepare it, but I mean, you could think maybe if you want to do some baking, learn your basics, your brownies, your donuts, muffins. I mean, not a lot of people have deep fryers at their home, so they can't do it the exact way, but we're trying to get on the show. Definitely try to get into any kitchen you can and, and learn every little secret. It's like just what regular chefs do when they're out. They want to start an Asian restaurant. They're going to go into an Asian kitchen and learn all the, the techniques. They want to do Spanish. They're going to go into a, a Spanish place and do that. So... Kind of like the same thing, but more like a crash course for MasterChef. All right, so Francis, what does the future hold for you? I wish I could answer that question. <laughs> if someone could set me down and be like, this is what's going to happen, just wait it out, and it'll be like that. But, um, I mean, I know I'm getting a lot of, getting some good traffic on my, my social media handles. People are listening, they're responding, which is really cool. I started the, my website, the FrancisBCooking.com website, where I'm going to be putting a lot of recipes, a lot of content on there. I would ultimately like to do some videos, maybe start a little YouTube channel there and um, see if I can get some sponsors together and do more traveling. I'd love to really show people what Southeast Asia has. I was blessed enough to be able to travel out to some awesome countries over in Europe. Love to do some stuff in South America. But mainly, I think right now, my niche is fusion. If anything, it's like an Asian Mediterranean fusion. So I'd like to highlight those countries that I, I used to visit and really show off the way they do it there and then do a channel where I'm showing people at home how to make the same stuff with the with the ingredients you have in your pantry and really like kind of make it easy for everyone to understand and just highlight some cultures. I'd love to travel and be able to cook and golf. Obviously, it'd be awesome to have something like that ultimately. You know, golf channel, I watch a lot of golf channel. They don't have a lot of programming like that for like with younger people out there traveling, highlighting golf courses or cuisine in the local towns that they're at. So Golf Channel's listening to this. Um, they might want to hit me up. <laughs> and they're right there in Orlando, right? They are. They are yeah. right here. They're really hard to get to, though. I've tried. Maybe they didn't. didn't spring, spring rolls. rolls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just go in there, maybe have a little T-shirt on and say, hey, I got a to-go order. I got a delivery order. It's for the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me up. Yeah, so these spring rolls are up to par. Right. <laughs> punny, punny. Punny. That's <laughs> All right, well, we're going to start to wrap up here. Vernon, uh, go ahead. Who is doing something that interests you? Right now, as far as food's concerned, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his name correctly. It's Chef Danny Bullion, I believe his name. He runs this restaurant out in San Francisco called Mission Chinese Food. And when I was out there, I read up a lot about him. He's covered a lot by David Chang from Momofuku and uh, Anthony Bourdain when he's doing his travel shows. One of the like most talented, I think one of the top rising chefs right now out there. Everyone's got to follow his trend. Mission Chinese food is awesome. It's in the Mission District of San Francisco, Asian District. And he kind of just went to this mom and pop restaurant, Asian restaurant, said, hey, I want to take over the kitchen. 
a couple nights a week and sell my food and do my dishes. And he's Asian as well. And he wanted to do his own take on, on some of this classic Asian food. And they said, yeah. And I don't know how long later, but I'm pretty sure it's like maybe a few years later, he opened up another restaurant over in New York doing the same exact thing. I mean, he's definitely got that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, someone I look look up to as well. I mean, it, right now, he's it would be awesome to have me on his radar <laughs> and like talk to him and pick his brain. But he's doing the right thing. He's really cool. So definitely check that out. Well, I love how you said he went to an existing restaurant and said, hey, can I kind of manage the kitchen for a couple nights? That's a great way where he could test his dishes without him having to go create some restaurant that may or may not have worked right out of the gate. So, I, yeah, that's cool. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, what's the best place for the listeners to stay connected with everything that you're doing online? Um, best place, keep up with me on Twitter for like my constant thoughts, my ideas. Uh, it's MC5, like MasterChef5, MC5 Francis B. And on my website as well, you can catch me with my recipes, my thoughts of the day, some of the events that I'll be doing. I have some cooking classes lined up actually. Out here in Orlando, if you're interested, you should come out. It's uh, at the East End Market on August 23rd, the Saturday from 1130 to 2.30. I'm doing a spring roll rolling class. <laughs> ironically exactly so come out come out and see me like do talk about what life was like on master chef i'll do about four different fillings we're going to do a dessert spring roll we're going to make a couple sauces and you get to leave with some knowledge and hang out with me for a little bit that's awesome yeah that's gonna be really cool and then actually in september 18th at the east end market as well i'm teaming up with this uh local sushi uh spot called capo amazing sushi by the way it's at the east end market you should check it out and a few of them uh, are part Filipino, and we're doing a Filipino-style family feast. It's called a kamayan. It's a very traditional Filipino. You have your, your pork dishes out there, have banana leaves laid out on the counter, long table, communal dining, your longanisa sausages, your spring rolls, you name it. It'll be all out there. We're going to try to do it, you know, like where it's like traditional, like use your hands, stuff like that, too. So we'll keep in contact um, for sure about that. I'd love to see you out there. You got both of you guys out there. So francisbcooking.com, you can catch me there, and uh, on Instagram as well at masterchef5francisb. And all that's on my blog. So if you go to francisbcooking.com, you'll get to link to all my social media handles. Excellent. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners out there? I am the only one in Orlando that is can say that he's been to the top 15 on MasterChef. You know, I definitely got there for a reason, I think. So I'm not sleeping. I'm still hustling. Keep up with me. Follow me. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening. I'm really excited. This isn't the last you've seen of uh, Francis B., that's for sure. Very cool. Well, Francis, we certainly appreciate the time. Best wishes to you and your family and your endeavors, all the things you're up to. Thanks, man. Thanks, you too. I was like, all right, let's. I have nothing to do that day, so I drove out there. Looked like an American Idol audition process. Like seven, eight hundred people in the room. You know, some people actually playing guitar to pass the time. And um, a couple hours later, I was down to one of the top four people that they wanted for my group. 